Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Welcome to Encounter Church. Um, everyone that's online, including our lovely pastors, we love you guys. Welcome. We're excited just to, to continue to move forward. And you know, just um, <clears throat> I don't want to kind of just skip over everything that we just watched and everything that's happening. I just felt what I've been praying to figure out what the Lord wanted to say about all of this, you know. And there's moments in my life where I feel like, okay, what do I do in the midst of fear or uh, like um, of chaos and not understanding what's the next step. God told me that um, I don't need to make less of the situation. You know, I don't need to make less of COVID. I don't need to make less of what's happening in this world. That's not what we're supposed to do. But what we're supposed to do is to make more of God in the situation. And sometimes we get confused where we think, okay, I gotta be, I got, I'm gonna do less here. I mean, I got to, you know, like, oh, I got to really consider what I have to do. What's the next step? Think, you know, I don't know, like, lack of a better words, freak out. But the Lord told me, and I think whatever this situation in your life, whether it's the health thing, whether it's everything that's happening in the U.S. or in this world, I just wanted to encourage you guys to don't make less or, or take yourself out of that situation, but bring more of God in this situation. And I believe that that's how we're going to stay focused on what God is doing in our lives. And so um, let's just continue to invite him today. Let's continue to invite him in this situation and, and everything that's happening in our lives so we could continue to move forward as disciples of Jesus. Amen. All right, so um, remember, if you want to take notes, we do have the um, preaching outlines in the back, or we got our Bible app on our phone, our handy-dandy phone, so take a look at that. The, it's under events, so you could just take notes um, and go, f you know, if you want to make it to heaven, you could just take notes as well, so just kidding. No, but what I, I, I just want you to know that it's, God wants to speak to you guys today, and I believe that there is something special that God has given me um, to share with you guys. So once again, welcome to 2021. Who's excited that we are entering 2021 and saying goodbye 2020 and being expectant of what's to come this year? And last year, as a church, we, decide, we learned to be what? Solid, right? Solid disciples of Jesus. And this year, in 2021, the word that the Lord has spoken over Encounter Church is multiply. Who in here walked in and saw on the wall of the foyer a wonderful statement of our vision? So shout out to our design and creative team. Y'all rocked it. And that's going to help us to remember what this year is going to look like today. That we believe that God made us solid this past year so we could see multiplication happen this year. And I believe that whenever something is shaking us, that's the moment that the Lord wants to make us stronger and, and make us more solid. So last year was a whole year of shaking, right? And this year we're going to believe a whole lot of growing, not just in numbers, but growing in ourself and growing disciples of Jesus. And that's what we're believing today. And so the, the, the year uh, verse 
Uh, it's from Acts 6, 7. Last week, we did start reading that, and, you know, we do have some homework to memorize that scripture. So if you memorize it, challenge yourself to just say it with me. But in Acts 6, 7, it's, I don't know if we have that on there, but I'll read it for you. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. I'm going to say that again. Acts 6, 7. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Multiply. And our, 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 last year, we talked about solid, and we said, Practicing God's word makes me strong. This year, the, the, word, the, the phrase for multiply is multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. Let me say that again. Multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. This phrase, that whole idea of multiplying the culture through the words of Jesus, that is the picture of discipleship. That's what discipleship is all about. And last week, if you weren't here, please listen to the sermon. It was a great kickoff of the year, understanding what vision and direction we're going as a church to multiply. I believe that today God wants to teach you how you can multiply. What is the vital thing the variable in your life that needs to happen if you want to see multiplication this year. And so once again, I'm just going to say multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. And through this discipleship, through this walking with Jesus, you are creating a Jesus culture. You are creating a kingdom culture. And you do this by consuming, by living and teaching the words of Jesus. But culture, let's talk a little bit about culture. And um, there, we're going to talk more about that in later weeks. But culture is created by, from the values that we have in our life. And culture is so important. Last time I spoke last year, I talked a lot about valuing the word of God. And I just want to kind of go full circle again, back to valuing. When you value things, those are the things that develop culture in your life, okay? And for example, one of the things that we value, because as you know, last time when I, I spoke, I told you I'm Filipino and I have a lot of my Filipino culture that I value. And one of the things that we do value is taking off our shoes at home. I don't know if people do that, you know, because I know I do and... Yeah, so um, anyway, so if you don't do that, the reason why we do that is just, you know, just to keep the house clean. That's basically why we do it. And then it comes, like, it becomes part of what something I value and part of my culture that I do it in many places, even at houses that don't necessarily do it. I do it at restaurants. I'm just kidding. That's disgusting. I don't do it at restaurants. No, no, no. Um, I keep my socks on. Just kidding. Okay. So because of that, but the, here's the thing. Culture is contagious. Culture is something that is a thermostat, not a thermometer, okay? It's something that causes people to just naturally shift if they are going to stick in this environment. For example, having kids really reflect what your culture is like because kids copy everything that you do, okay? So those of you who aren't parents, just be prepared. Whenever you do get kids, just make sure your culture is up to date, that you're doing the right thing. You don't want your kids to reflect, you know, it's like, I'm so sorry, I don't know where they 
got that from? Well, they got it from us, okay? So, but one thing that I learned that I realized that Taya um, started to do, and I'm like, wow, I guess, it's, I never taught her this, we never taught her this, is that now that since we're taking off our shoes everywhere, all she wants to do is take her shoes and socks off everywhere. When we put her in the car right away, she takes her shoes off. She takes her socks off, even before we get into our seat. Like, she just kicks them off, and she's like, shoes? Shoes? I'm like, yes. So it makes it a hassle going places, because we always have to put her shoes on, because she's kicking them off. But anyways, that's a picture of culture uh, uh, in our life. And here at Encounter Church, we're going to talk more about culture in the next couple weeks, but one of the cultures that we do have is multiplication. And that's one of the things that the Lord has been speaking to us, that multiplication isn't just a goal, it's something we value and it's part of our culture. And so you're going to see why and realize that you can multiply. And it was actually one of the first commands that the Lord gave in the Bible in Genesis to <clears throat> Abram and Sarah to multiply, you know, to, or, and to, to Adam and Eve to multiply. He said, all these people multiply, you know, it's just such a running theme that God says you have to multiply. Because if there's no multiplication, there's no point. Because if it ends here, then what's the point? But I feel like the Lord is saying we got to see beyond what's now and start seeing what's to come. And multiplication is what's to come. So today, we are calling this sermon, It's In You. Can you say to yourself, it's in me? Can you look to someone else and say, it's in you? Turn to one more person and say, it's in you. I want you to know that it's in you. What's in you? Multiplication. But we got to understand how we could multiply in order to truly see that happen in our life. So God is calling you into a purposeful life with him. When we respond with obedience, the results are plentiful. But as you know, there is a devil. There is a swiper. Swiper, no swiping, right? Devil, no deviling, whatever you want to call it. But we have a devil that's ready to pounce, ready to take that seed that has been thrown to you. Shameless plug from last week, so take a listen to that. Really good. But ready to steal what the Lord is trying to plant into your heart. And one thing I saw, I don't know if I saw it on social media or if I heard the Lord or probably both, let's just say that, but I saw this phrase um, that said, the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he could distract you. And I believe that this, is, this world is all full of distractions because if you could be distracted, you could destroy yourself. And I believe that the enemy, man, the enemy allow, makes us do his dirty work sometimes, you know, where he's like, just be distracted. Look what's happening in your life. Like, focus on this. And when you focus on this and take your eyes off of Jesus, what do you think is going to happen? You know, or you start fo focus on money because you got to get right with your finances until you could really give God your all. Don't tithe yet until you're actually at this point. You know, the enemy could distract you from things, steal your attention from things. And we know that the enemy's goal is to what? Steal, kill and destroy. And he if he like I said, if the devil could distract you, he could destroy you. You know, that's all he needs. So 
That's why Peter probably started sinking in the water. The distractions from the enemy, the worries of life, left and right. But the Lord is saying, keep your eyes on me. So church, keep your eyes on Jesus. I can't keep your eyes on him for you, you know? I can't physically force your eyes to look at him, you know? That's just impossible. But you gotta make, you gotta decide to focus on Jesus. And so, don't let the enemy have his way in your life. But, let's go back to multiplication real quick. You can only multiply what you have inside of you. Did you know that? And let's go back to basics. Who in here is a math whiz, would say? All right, we got some mathletes in the house. Um, If you multiply something you don't have, you know, let's just say to zero, your sum is always going to be zero, okay? So let's get some examples so we can have a little bit of a math class. Who knew, by the way, math changed? in the past few years? What in the world is going on? You know, I have, I don't even know, like, I watch these videos of people doing math, and I'm like, I guess I, guess I gotta go back to school, you know, like, and I'm like, okay, anyways, math has changed, but the results should not have changed. So, let, let's just do some kind of theory. What's one times zero? All right, we're on to this. All right, yeah, math 101. Okay, what is 10 times zero? Okay, follow, with, follow me in this. What's 5 plus 5 ten. times 10 uh, minus 10? Huh? 90. I thought someone said 99. Okay. <laughs> 90 times zero. 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 If you are missing a crucial variable in your life, you can't multiply. No matter how good your life is getting, no matter how much you read the Bible and know about it, but you don't live it, no matter how, mu- how many times you go to church, but you don't have a strong relationship with the Lord, no matter what you do religiously as a Christian, if we don't have a simple variable, and we're going to get there, in your life, it's always going to end up zero, and you're not going to see fruit from your life. But the variable that needs to be in your life is to be a disciple of Jesus. And that sounds super simple. It's like, well, duh, you got to be a disciple. Says that in the Bible. Like, RJ, tell us something new. But we need to understand the simplicity yet the cost of discipleship with Jesus. Being a disciple is a lot simpler than we make it out to be. What makes it hard though, is our pride and our selfishness. Don't get me wrong though, I never said it was easy to be a disciple. Simple and easy is a little different. Simple as in like, this is all you gotta do, but easy is like, this is what it's gonna cost. I never said it's easy, but it isn't impossible. Here's the thing, it does cost something. Our very lives, that's what it costs. Every part of us, all of who we are. Billy Graham said, salvation is free, but discipleship costs everything we have. And that's so true. Your walk as a Christian begins with salvation. 
but it continues with discipleship. Salvation's free. The only thing that the Lord says that costs something of you is to be his follower. Did you realize that? Like one of the things that, that it requires for us to see something happen in our lives that, that require everything sums up to be a disciple of Jesus, follow Jesus. What does real discipleship look like though? Let's check our main scripture for today. And it's going from Matthew 4, verse 18 to 22. One day, all right. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water. Who's she? Just kidding. Dad joke, Annette. Okay, anyways, so just make sure you guys are awake. For they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they, what, left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two brothers, two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come, too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. So what just happened? Just imagine a few people doing their own thing, you know. Just imagine you working. And yes, they were anticipating Jesus, you know, anticipating the Messiah, trying to figure out when is he coming. And yeah, they were, they, they recognized that that was him. But what was odd is that it was in the middle of the day. It was an inconvenient time. Why? Because they were in the middle of work. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And these four guys started to like, let's just say one side over there, one side over there. And Jesus just walking along. It's like, you, Come, follow me. And he just keeps going. And what they do, they, it didn't even, they didn't even ask any questions. They're just like, all right, you know, here we go. And then another group of people, it's like, you too, also, follow me. They're like, bye, Dad, I'm going to go. You know? And that's just, just to kind of get that idea of what just happened. But in that parable, the most important thing that, God, that Jesus says was, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Three things to help us understand true discipleship is right there in that phrase. If you didn't know what discipleship's all about, we're going to understand today because it's so simple that it's just right there in one little line. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And I made this very simple to remember this, we have three R's, three R's, and for you to remember exactly how to be a true disciple. And we're just going to, we're going to touch base on each one, but number one, come, is the reach. Follow me is the response, and fish for people is the result. So the reach, the response, and the result all in that one line, all equaling discipleship. So let's talk about reach real quick. Have you ever 
been invited to a party, a wedding, a special event, a celebration. I have. I'm sure a lot of us have been invited to something. But doesn't it make you feel kind of special where you're like, oh, they thought of me. Like, oh, yeah, I get to go and eat all their food. You know, oh, like, <laughs> me? Just me? Okay, anyways. But when we get invited to something, it makes you feel like, oh, man, this is, this is great. This is awesome. They thought of me. They're, we have some sort of connection. Have you ever been invited by someone you respect very well into something that they're doing? I remember when I, and, and that is something else as well. I remember when I started like learning how to lead worship and growing from there, there was a guy that we met um, that, has, that teaches worship leading and teaches them how to really grow in, in that, that skill of leading worship at church. And when he actually invited me to be a part of that, it was like a, a I think it was a bi-weekly call that we could have an hour talking about whatever we need to do. I was all giddy up inside. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, like I'm going to do this. And so we kept, I kept learning from him and all of that, learning more about what it means to be a worship leader. And that just reminded me that that's that, like when we respond to something that we respect, that someone that we respect, that they have something that we want, that it gets kind of exciting in our life. And it, it was an, it's an honor when that happens to us. And did you know that you're actually invited to something that is so special, so magnificent, and being invited by none other but the king of heaven into something that could change your life. And that made me think, I have to have that kind of response. I need to be someone that's like, oh my gosh, I'm being invited to, imagine being invited um, by Queen Elizabeth, you know, to have a tea party. I'm like, sign me up, give me a hat, I'll go, you know. I'm going to enjoy that tea party because I'm invited to it, you know, because it's someone's grand and magnificent that it's a big deal. And they thought of me. And Jesus, when he says, Come, that's an invitation to you to say, hey, I got something great for you. It's more than just a tea party, people, okay? It is a life-changing kind of thing. And when you realize that Jesus says, come, that, and that invitation is open, you got to see, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? What is my response? We need to respond and let me, let me read the scripture of a few, uh, a few responses from a few invitations Jesus gave to people. Let's go to Luke 9, and it's going to be verse 57 to 62. And I've always wondered about this scripture. I'm sure maybe some of you have read this. Um, maybe you've been in the same boat as me, but let's just read it here. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place even to lay his head. Okay, <laughs> moving on. He said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first, let me return home and bury my father. 
But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Last one, in verse 61, another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But, again, Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And that got me thinking, it's like, Lord, could be a little harsh, what you said. Forget your dying father or your dead father. Don't bury him. Go, we have no place to even lay our head. It's like, we can't, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. You know, all these things could kind of be confusing and be like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to say? But just imagine these three guys heard about this Jesus guy and they come into church, okay? And they're just like, here I am. I want to give my whole life. We receive something free, which is the salvation that Jesus gives the cross. They receive it. They're like, Lord, this is awesome. And then at the end, they're talking to Jesus. And they're like, Lord, I want to follow you. And then Jesus has a response. But notice, he never said yes or no. And that's the thing that I realized. I'm like, okay, I can't just deem that right, like conclude right away that the Lord is saying no. He's not saying no. He's saying, okay, you want to follow me. Here's what you have to do. And so the way they responded to the invitation with the saying like, oh, let me bury my dead father. Let me follow you and do this. And let, uh, let me, but first, blah, 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 all of that stuff. The response to the invitation of God saying yes, of Jesus saying yes, I mean, not yes, to come and follow, his invitation to you or to them wasn't necessarily right or wrong. Let's just get that straight. And I know it's like, oh my gosh, what the heck? This is actually pretty normal. This is actually what we do. This is what we do when the Lord invites us into something. And it's not bad. It's just saying, this is where I am right now. This is where I am in life right now. And what he did, he didn't say yes or no. He said, okay, this is what you need to do in your life right now to follow me. And I think each person's like understanding of what you need to do at this time to follow God looks different from each person. So don't compare yourself of what they're doing and what the Lord is asking of you because it could be completely different. And what I want us to understand is that our response, that response that they said is just more of a presentation to him to say, this is where I am in life. And what he says after that is the response to be like, this is what it's going to cost you. Are you willing to pay the price? For example, what if you say, I will follow you 100% Jesus, but first let me finish college and then I could do it. What about, I will serve you with all of my heart once I get that promotion from work to free up more of my time. You can have all of me, Jesus. Have it all. But let me hold on to my relationship, to my boyfriend, to my girlfriend, and what I want to see happen. Lord, my heart is yours. I say yes. 
Except to the way that I think. Is it okay that I just think this way about myself? There are things in your life that the Lord is presenting to you to say like, right now in this moment, are you going to pay the price to be a disciple of Jesus? And his response is always simple. It's this is what it's going to take to follow me. That is the cost. The ball is in their court now. Just go back to the three guys that were like, okay, Lord, let me follow you. And he said all of this random stuff, but made sense to them, probably. The ball is in their court. And what will they do? They now have a chance to respond to what Jesus is asking of them. And he won't ask for anything you don't have or can't do. He'll never do that. If he asks something of you, it means he knows you can handle it. He knows you have it to give to him. But the choice is yours. But it makes me wonder what happened to these three guys, you know? And if you ask me, this is just my assumption, because in other places in the Bible, it says different things when people get asked of something. But it doesn't seem like they paid the price. Because you don't hear anything about them anymore. Not even something good like, and then this happened. I remember stories of this guy being in the Bible, being set free from the legion, you know, all the demonic things. And what happened? His response is, Lord, let me follow you. God said, no, stay here. It could have ended there. But what happened? No, he went to the neighboring cities and towns and his family and spread the good news about Jesus. And because I don't see something like that in here, it kind of shows me that this is what happens when we don't respond to that invitation and the cost of what Jesus is asking of us. And I don't want to just kind of be left behind. I want to keep moving forward with Jesus and I want to pay the price. So that's important for us to realize. We need to be people who realize what is the Lord asking of you today? Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about what's happening next to you. What is happening and asking of you today? Are you not giving him all of your time and attention? Are you sacrificing going to church because you need to make money? Are you not willing to let go of a perspective or a way of thinking because it kind of irks you the wrong way? And you think maybe the Lord could just kind of swerve over that? Don't think so. But we are all invited into a life-altering journey with Jesus. And what an honor that is. What an honor it is to have an invitation from the king of all kings to say, come. Come into my house. Come into this relationship. Let's go on this journey. Let's go on this road trip to being a full, strong disciple of Jesus. So that is the, the reach. Let's talk about, and that was all about come, when Jesus says come. Let's talk about follow me, because he says come, follow me. Follow me is the response. It is our response, our decision, to his invitation. In other words, we could just wrap this all up and say it's all about obedience, it's all about obedience. 
Let me explain a little bit about the guys again. Let's go back to that story of the four disciples that the Lord came up to him. Simon, also known as Peter, Andrew, James, and John, right? And he went up to them in the middle of the day. What were they doing? They were working. They were fishermen, right? What is their occupation? Think of your occupation, you know? Just imagine you're doing that right now. But, and, and that's your way of living. That's how you get your moolah, you know? That's how you pay for your bills, you get gas, you eat food, whatever it is, you, that's how you make your life happen. And these guys were fishermen. They're not just over here on a boat chilling with their bro and being like, hey, what's going on? That's a different kind of fishing, okay? These guys hustled. These guys were hustlers and they make, they make life work for them because of this. So don't, don't disregard that that wasn't important. It was so important that they were doing something. They were in the middle of their life. They were fishermen, and they were pretty darn good at it. And not only were they fishermen, but their families were. Remember, James and John had a father who was also in the boat, Zebedee. It just shows that it's part of the family line that they're doing, is that they are fishermen too. Let's just say theoretically they're just working and they have plans to take over the family business and they're like, Dad, when you retire, I'm going to pay for your house, you know, but I'm just going to work really hard in this. I have plans to, to make money and then we're going to have more kids and then we're going to, you know, retire well and then my kids are going to take over this company and, and it's going to be a lot of fish, you know, fish for everybody. It wasn't just a hobby, Let's just get that straight. This is how they were making a living. And that's what they were doing in the middle of when Jesus came up to them and said, hey, hey, by the way, just imagine you're nine to five. Someone like rings you. It's like, hey, hey, Colette, or hey, hey, Hannah, um, we have someone named Jesus here for you. Bring him in. Comes in. You're in the middle of this paper. Your boss is like, yo, you got to get this done before you're fired. And you're like, yo, I get it. So you're working hard. You're hustling. And Jesus says, hey, come with me. I have something better for you. What are you going to do? You know, it's like, but Lord, I have bills to pay. My rent is due tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. But, and I'm sure these fishermen had problems because they were human just like us, and boy, do we have problems. But not any problem that Jesus cannot take care of. And I don't know what got into their minds to be like, you know what? Plans out the door. Jesus, you're in. I don't know what it was, and I might just ask them when they get to heaven, be like, okay, what, what was your thought process to understand that? But they just decided to what? Leave their nets threw a net into the water, poor girl, but anyway, th poor, <laughs> just kidding, um, they threw their net on the ground, left everything, and that just represents that they said, bye-bye life, hello, who, who knows, hello, who knows to what's to come, right, and we got to realize, what is Jesus interrupting in your life today to say, come and follow me, are you saying, hold up, God, let me finish this paper, but he's like already taking an Uber to go to the next place to be like, hey, you, how about you come over here with me? And then they say yes, and you're like, wait.
wait, wait. And he's like, I don't even know you, you know. You don't want to do that. You don't, you don't want to miss that opportunity with Jesus. Yes, God is a God of second chances. I'm just being silly. But in reality, though, don't miss out because you just never know what could happen when you say no. And that's a scary thought. I don't want to be outside of the will of God. I want to be right smack down in the middle. <laughs> so let's talk about that response. Here, the response, when he says, follow me, just like what we read earlier, it's all about the cost. Because we're talking about this is what it's going to take to be a true follower of Jesus. This is what it's going to cost you, you know? This is how much it costs to be a true follower. Let's try to understand what that cost is. Let's go to Luke 9. It's in the same chapter, but it's just a little earlier. 23 to 25. I know I put up to 27, Aaron, but just go up to 25. Rock. So, verse 23. Then he said to the crowd, if anyone, 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 you, 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 me, you, you, everyone, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must, can you say must? must, give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you are yourself, oh, but are yourself lost and destroyed? Yikes. Have you ever done monkey bars before? Who, who is ambitious and tried to skip a monkey bar? Who in here tried to be ambitious and then slip and then like miss a monkey bar and then embarrass yourself in front of the whole third grade class and playground and then sit alone and cry? Just kidding, that didn't happen to me, but. It's kind of like that feeling where you just kind of like, you, you let go and your life, when you're trying to hold on but then you just slip because all you're doing is trying to hold on, hold on, hold on tight, but it ends bad. And when you don't just let go of control of your life, when you don't do that, you miss out on when you're not paying the, the, the price. And today I want you guys to pay that price, but let's understand three simple words. Just briefly going through it, it says to give up your own way, we're going to talk about this. Give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. You could sum that up in three words to understand how to pay the price. Have you ever wondered, like you've heard that phrase, okay, like pay the price, the price, blah, 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 it costs, those who count the costs. And have you ever wondered, it's like, okay, what is that cost? This is the cost. Okay. So I made it simple again to just remember the S's, the S's, surrender, sacrifice, and submit. Give up your own way represents to surrender in your life. Take up your cross daily represents sacrifice. And follow me represents submit. When you surrender, you let go of control of your life and you let Jesus take the wheel, take it from my and I don't know the words, but whatever. We got to let Jesus take the wheel. Letting go of control and surrendering to God. It, that's what it takes 
First step. Second step, sacrifice. Do what it takes, even when it's hard. Even when it's hard. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've quit in the middle of things. It sucks. You know, it's kind of, it's like, ugh, jab in your heart. You're like, why did I even start that thing, you know? Or like, why didn't I just finish it? Sacrifice. And then when he says, follow me, it's submit. Say yes to him. You don't just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. And being a true Christian requires you to walk the walk. I know in this generation, we have a lot of talkers out there. And we got a lot of, like, influencers, people saying all these things. And that's totally cool. But... What you do on social media just impresses. What you do in front of someone impacts people. So we've got to realize, don't just rely on that, that what people are showing. But in, until your life really proves that. You're, you, uh, you know? So I want to surrender. I want to sacrifice. And I want to submit. And that is how our response should be when Jesus says, follow me. Remember, come is the reach. It's the invitation. Follow me is this is what it's going to take. Are you up for that challenge? Are you up to pay that price? To be a disciple, I need to have the whatever it takes attitude. Lose whatever, drop whatever, leave whatever, do whatever, serve however, reach whoever, let go of whoever, whatever, whatever, whatever. We got to have that whatever it takes mentality because if we truly value discipleship with Jesus, it's no matter what's happening in my life, I'm going to get there and I'm going to do it. What are you not surrendering today? What are you not sacrificing today? What are you not saying yes to Jesus today? No matter where you are in your walk, no matter where you are in your life with Jesus, you need to count the cost every single day. And you got to pay that price every single day. Day. Tim Keller says discipleship is not an option. Jesus says that if anyone would come after me, he must follow me. Christianity does not exist without discipleship. All it is is it's a title if it doesn't have discipleship with Jesus. And we got to really make sure paying the price really stepping up to that cost and be like what is it today just I want you to just kind of reflect for like 30 seconds what is it right now that the Lord has brought up to your mind that says you're not paying that price I want you to follow me here's an invitation to follow me today but this is what it's going to take today this is what it's going to take tomorrow. This is what it's going to take in this season, whatever it is. What is it that the Lord is asking of you that you're saying mine? You know? No. 
but he's saying, just give it to me. Just let go. I have something better. We got to let go. We got to let God 100% into our life, and that requires surrendering, sacrifice, and submission. So that's the response. Number one, the reach is the invitation when he says come. Number two is the response when he says follow me. It's how we choose to walk forward and what we decide after that invitation. And number three is the result. God said, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Fish for people. And let me bring it back to the top. Remember that thing where I said it's in you? Multiplication is in you. This is the result of when you become a disciple of Jesus, you can't avoid this result, which is fish for people. That's when outward multiplication happens. The result is multiplication. Let's go to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them, oh, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He said, therefore, go and make. Go and multiply, basically. And this is the great commission. This is what God is calling us. The result reveals our purpose reveals what we were called to do. Yes, we all have individual purposes, but number one, we are always called to be a disciple. And the result of being a disciple is fishing for people. And if we are not fishing for people, we're missing a chunk of that equation. You know, if the equation has to be three, um, yeah, if the, uh, the sum has to be three, and it's one, plus one, plus one, that equals three, right? And the sum is always going to be three. But what if you just did one plus one? Would that equal three? No. So we can't just let go of one variable and be like, you know, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to give him all, but I'm not going to go and reach people and make disciples. I'm not going to go fish for people. We're not going to see the result that God really wanted. And God's saying just, this is what you got to do. You got to fish for people. Come and follow me and I will show you how to make fish. Fish. I will show you how to fish for people. But notice in that main scripture, God says, I will show you how to fish for people. This indicates that he is going to lead by example. And... Who in here has ever shadowed someone at work? You know, like learning something from someone new. They're like, okay, here's your, here's your trainer right now. You got to shadow them. And you're like, all right, cool. And they're like, let's just say, you know, I used to work at Starbucks years ago. And I 
would, I remember learning how to do the bar, which was my favorite part because it's super fast paced, all of that intricate kind of stuff. So I would learn here, but what if he's like, okay, today, RJ, I'm going to teach you how to do the bar right here. And I'm like, cool. What are you doing? Okay. I stay here the whole training, the whole shadowing. Next few days, it's my turn. I come up and I'm like, okay, RJ, you think you can handle? Like, duh. And I'm like, you know. Orders have to be remade. Spilling coffee all over the place. Burning myself. Eating the food. What? Anyway, so I don't, I don't know what has happened, but because someone was supposed to lead by example, I had to do something. What should I have done? I should have been close to them and watch them. If you want to learn how to be a strong disciple of Jesus, you got to be close to the one who is teaching you, which is Jesus. And if there's no excuse to be like, you know what, Lord? I have great eyesight, 2020 eyesight. I can see what you're doing there. Who's that? You know, like that doesn't work. You got to be close to him because Jesus writes pretty small, you know, and you got to see what he's doing. He does things very hands-on. He was a carpenter, actually, you know? So he's very hands-on, gets you into the process, try things out. But he's always going to be with you. That's what it says. I promise you, I'll always be with you. But we need to be people and realize, if I want to learn how to fish for people, if I want to follow, come, follow him, and I will show you how to fish for people, he will show me. I have to be there. I have to watch him. I have to be close to him. Maybe today you're not as close as you thought. And that's okay. Because today you could change that. Today you could take those steps to be like, you know what, God? Work doesn't matter. Even if I get fired, if they take away, if it's causing me to stop pursuing you 100%, you're worth it. And I'm gonna, and I know, God, you're gonna provide the right job that I need but I'm going to put you first. And what puts you first is I need to make sure I have this. I have to be able to do this with you. I have to, you know, what is it that you are facing right now in your life that you either could bow down to the enemy or bow down and submit to Jesus and say like, Lord, have your way because I want to be close to you. David Platt says, making disciples of Jesus is the overflow of the delight in being disciples of Jesus. And that makes me think, like, it reminds me of when I started pursuing Jesus as a disciple. I was, I remember, I was... When I really made that decision, I was around 16 years old where I'm like, I really need to get my life right, you know, because I just feel like there's no purpose in my life. I don't know what to do. And when I really encountered Jesus and I saw what it took, I was scared, but it was worth it. Because now that I look back and I see if I didn't make that decision to be close to him, to give him my all, to give him my heart, to respond to the come with a, yes, Father, I will do whatever it takes. And to see now result from it, you know, me being able to pour into other people, 
into other young guys, into other people who are wanting to serve the Lord. It, whatever it is, the result is plentiful. But today could be the time where you change the trajectory of your life for an eternal purpose. And that's to see his kingdom come through you when you are close as a disciple with Jesus. And in closing, God could only multiply through you what you have in you. So let's go back to that whole, you gotta have, you know, what was it, oh yeah. You could only multiply what's inside of you if there's something in you and everything, and, and there's no, if there's nothing in you, you can't multiply. So to answer the question of how is multiplication inside of me, it starts by being a disciple of Jesus. It starts by giving your all to him. Relentless yeses to God. Yes, Lord, even if it means I'm going to give this up. Yes, Lord, even if it means my life is going to change radically. Yes, Lord, even if it means I'm not going to see my dream come to pass, but Lord, your will be done. Your dreams are my dreams. Your will is my will. Your desires are my desires. We have to have that whatever it takes mentality with the Lord. And I believe that is what Jesus is calling some of you today. You're here for a reason. There's no mistake why the Lord was like, hey, you should wake up today and come to church. I believe this is an invitation for you to come and respond by paying the price, by laying your life down. And those of you who said, okay, I've been following Jesus for a while now. I already paid the price. The Lord spoke to me, I have to do this every day. I have to realize when I wake up the next morning, anything could happen. Am I prepared for that? And if you have this decision to saying, yes, Lord, I'm gonna respond, I'm gonna pay that price. No matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what he swipes away from you, Jesus is gonna be your foundation and we're gonna be able to walk forward. So God can only multiply through you what you have in you. And if we wanna see outward multiplication, people, let's start in here. Let's start in here, because we can't multiply what we don't have. I feel like some of us here need to respond to that call of discipleship. Multiplication is in you. You can multiply. You can be a disciple of Jesus. What is stopping you from doing whatever it takes to follow Jesus? I feel like we just need to take a moment to reflect and really ask the Lord to come speak to us why don't we just stand to our feet? And before we all start moving around, I really believe that this is important. That this, 
the ministry time isn't just ministry time. This is actually the important, the most important part of the sermon. Why? Remember, God says to come, but now it's our turn to respond. And I believe some of us here needs to respond to what has been talked about today. And I'm not going to ask you to come up here to get prayer, but if you want to, you can. But I just want you to know like the altar is open, but I want you to just take this moment with the Lord just to reflect and be like, Lord, why don't we just close our eyes real quick? What is it that you are not surrendering to God? What is it that you are not sacrificing and letting go of? What is it that you are not allowing him to come inside and take over? The Lord wants you to be a strong disciple. He wants to pursue your heart. He wants you to pursue him and to be close and to follow his example and to follow his lead. But it starts, again, I said, yeah, discipleship costs everything. And you're here wondering, how do I become a disciple? It starts with the thing that God gives free, which is salvation. And I believe some of us here need to receive salvation. And if that's you, we're gonna take a moment just to pray together to allow Jesus into our heart. And if, if you are here today and you've never received that free gift of salvation, just lift your hand real quick and just say, that's me and I want free salvation. I want to start my foot, the, the right path with putting my foot forward into salvation. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, that's me. I need salvation. I need Jesus in my life. right and if but if you're here and you're like I already got that free gift of salvation now I believe that the Lord is asking something of you to say it's time to be a disciple maybe you're here and you're not giving up your dreams maybe you're here and you're not surrendering your perspective or your mindset Maybe fear is taking over in your life. Maybe sin, you're allowing sin into your life and you're not letting it go because it feels so good. Maybe there's a relationship that the Lord is trying to get in the middle of and you're not willing to pay the price. Maybe the Lord just wants all of your heart and you're giving part of your heart to something else whatever the case if that's you today and you need to surrender why don't you just lift your hands and just say lord i need to surrender this is for you this is again this is not again this is not for anybody around you but this is because the lord the holy spirit is here just keep your hands up and just receive what the lord is doing in your life Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.